Mr. Andy. How are you? Good, good. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You can hear all right? I can hear me. Awesome. What's your last name? Changala. Changala. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a good one. It is a good one. It's a good hockey sweater when you're a kid, that's for sure. <laughs> I bet. Just wraps around your back seven times. What uh, what what year did you play hockey tell? Or were you did you oh, play midget yeah, the whole yeah. deal? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, out pretty early, out pretty early. Yeah, I was a multi-sport kid, so wasn't uh, wasn't always my dream to be a hockey guy. Okay, what was your favorite sport to play growing up? Uh, you know, volleyball was always big. Volleyball was a big one for me. Yeah, uh, beach volleyball, indoor was always a gooder. Um, played a lot of soccer, played a lot of baseball. Yeah, kind of played everything. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Awesome. What what athletes did you look up to? What was your era like? Who were you kind of? I was a huge MJ guy for sure. Okay. I always liked Michael Jordan. Always loved MJ. Um, but you know, growing up in Edmonton, Edmonton Oilers were in the heyday when I was growing up. So yeah, like Gretzky, Messier. It was kind of surreal watching those guys win cups over and over. So it's hard not to be a to be an Oilers fan. Something I'm always fascinated with. So growing up, like you would have been a kid in that era, and you would have lived through like your probably teenage twenty years, some pretty lean, pretty tough years. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's saying it lightly. You kind of got sure. both ends of the spectrum. What stands out most, maybe from that era between you know Messier and McDavid? Um, Hard, long days of crap. It was just, uh, you know, a lot of paper bags on the heads, for sure. Um, you know, honestly, we had some good stuff. We had those Dougie Waite years and the Bill yeah. Guerin. You know, Joe was there for Pujo a minute. was there. Yeah. We had that run, that one run, obviously, in there. We had Pronger and was that 06? Uh, yeah, yeah, 06, 05, whatever that was, the before the lockout. Carolina, yeah. yeah. That was that was good, you know. Going downtown on White Ave in Edmonton was it was pretty exciting. So hopefully we get back to that. But they were tough years, tough years for the organization. I think it sold to multi people at that point. And yeah. So ugly Edmonton years, ugly jerseys too. They were awful. Do you think if uh, Rollison doesn't get hurt that they would have won? Yes, hands down. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. Yeah, I. I I would say, hands down, they would have definitely... Uh, they were right there, and Roley was... That was probably the best he's ever played in his life, so... Um, yeah, it was it was a shame. Shame to do it, but... Uh, Ken Ward's actually... Uh, he comes in, he's a uh, guy? Yeah, and he, he comes and speaks to our players and stuff like that. And he, uh, we had some good chats, and he razzed me pretty good about that. It's Cam played on a reel throughout that series as well. So. Was he a rookie that year? Did he just come up in the playoffs? I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, that's a good question. I can't remember. But he was pretty fresh. He was pretty green into the league for sure. And just caught fire. <laughs> just caught fire. As you can see with all goalies, that's all they have to do is just catch fire. Well, Aiden Hill this year. Aiden Hill and signs his three and a half Miller or whatever. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. And I, I think brassois has gone now back to Winnipeg. They just definitely shook up their goalies. That's, that's kind of Vegas's MO a little bit, isn't it? Kind of is, yeah. They are uh, a rotating door over there. doesn't seem to anything sticks. So. It was an interesting just sort of side comment. I was uh, at the Rod Peterson show the other day, and uh, he had Kelly Rudy on. And Rod was making this point about how a lot of people look at hockey teams as five-player units and a goalie. 
Whereas, like, it should be looked at as a six-player unit, including the goalie. Yeah. What's your take on that? 100%. It's a six-man unit, for sure. And I think any player would tell you probably the same. Um, They don't see themselves as a separate thing. And if you look at the way teams play, you design your plays also using your goalies and around the goalie as, as a unit. You know, if you look at... You know, Mike Smith, he was an offensive goalie that set up passes a lot of the times, and he was amazing with the puck, so it is having a six guy out there. I don't think the goalies want to be left out in the cold either. Yeah. Well, some do. Goalies are a little different. Well, to, to willingly go get 100-mile-an-hour puck shot at you <laughs> night after night. you got to have some screws loose for sure. Well, maybe one or two. <laughs> who's, uh, who's, who's your favorite player of all time? I'm just going to throw that out there. Favorite player of all time? Wow, it's a tough one. Um, it, it's so cliche to go Gretzky. But it is, but you can. No I, judgment. You know, I, I honestly, I honestly liked Moose better. I thought, mm. I thought Mark Messier was kind of more of, you know, the rough and tough guy that was always the leader. I always thought he was more of the leader as well. And yeah, watching what he did in New York and guaranteeing the wins and coming just the through, way he did it. Yeah. There's always something about captains and I always say this when you meet guys from teams is um, I remember meeting a lot of captains you meet captains from team they walk a different way they talk a little bit different they carry themselves a little bit different and mess was a guy that was always like that he, he's just had that aura presence around him and when you meet him you definitely know that you're meeting someone of influence put it that way so I remember Ethan Morrow actually way back in the day too I met him just I can't even remember how or what and just meeting him the way he carries himself it was uh captains are a little little built different yeah yeah no I, in that vein like the the players I was thinking about is some of my favorites Trevor Linden Joe Sackick but I think my all-time favorite is uh Jerome McGinley. yeah and I mean built yeah. very much in that moose vein yes yeah. absolutely he's a fearless leader for sure fearless leader it's just nice to see him back in the Flames organization again really cool to see that yeah so they they really went in-house keeping conroy promoting yeah. huska you bring iggy back in what what do you think of those kind of overall like the shaping of what they're doing i think it's fantastic craig conroy is top notch top shelf he's such a passionate man um again another guy that we had talked to some of our players and uh he talked about the grind and, and um what it takes to make it uh, and it was, he's a very passionate man about the craft. And I think he's going to do a great job. And I think bringing Jerome in there, obviously those guys are extremely close. Um, I think it's great. I think it's great for the organization. What he's done in you know the AHL as well and all the work he's done with players and development. And he gets it. He gets the build, you know, draft, build, grow talent. So I think it's going to be exciting times for Calgary little ugly with the door open right now but you know get all that stuff sorted out and move on up yeah and we didn't mention it off the top but one of you know your main gig is running a player agency yes what and link link management link management yeah what does good player development look like from your vantage point yeah that's a good question um you know i think agencies typically you know, and I'll probably get a lot of eyebrows and a lot of, you know, what-ups for, for, from agencies, but they've never really developed 
um, players and as, as you know as our agency that's one of the primary focuses is to develop so it's it's really you know it takes a village now in sport I think we've all heard that um, it really takes you know the mental coach the you know physical performance you know now we're doing testing now and we're doing all sorts of different things to really get the guys there because the talent level is so high the pressure cooker is so extreme the highs and lows of an average young 16 year old heading into the WHL or anything it's it's extreme so I think it takes a village and I think good development is communication um, it has to be an open door with the players that they feel that they're in a safe space to talk to whether it's you know their coach or the, the agent or uh, performance coach or mental coach is, is the connection points are there um, there's a lot of stress in hockey there's a lot of pressure on young kids now going through it so it, it's really just it's a village and we try to surround them with the best development team possible and the rest is you know they're going to take and run with it I feel like there's a common sort of perception amongst the public like professional athletes should basically just like they get paid a lot of money they should just kind of shut up and play um not really taking into account some of the things you just talked about like the pressure of especially in a canadian market Mm -hmm. being a professional hockey player Mm -hmm. and you're in a down slump and the toll that would take on you not just professionally but personally and we expect these 18 19 20 year old kids to just deal with it and i think for a long time we did and, and maybe on the other end of that you see a lot of the alcoholism and different things that have developed as you know some of these players get older um i think it's inspiring to hear that you're taking that whole person approach versus even just the player um and and kind of helping them navigate this this crucial part of their life yeah it's it's a very scary world out there in hockey and, and um you know it is one of the sports unlike all of them that they get in so young as as pro like you're looking at bedard this year you know, and he's gonna literally have a spotlight on him like McDavid did, and he's 17, 18 years old navigating this. And we forget that they're that age. Yeah. Um, it is scary out there for them, and there's a lot getting thrown at them, and insulating these young men and making sure that, yeah, they're staying out of trouble, they're staying off Instagram, they're staying out of the parties, and, and doing that and getting them there. And then once they're there, staying there is, you know, the other issue. You know, we always say the draft is. You know, that's just the a ticket to the dance floor, but you've got to get on the dance floor as well. So a lot of these guys think they get drafted and they're good. They don't have to try anymore. They don't have to work. But really, the work just starts at that point. So, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I, I've always said that I think we should push our draft a little bit later. Yeah. You know, and, and I, you're starting to see now at the college hockey program, the men going through there, getting the education, coming out and coming into the NHL and being a real, you know, growing into that hockey life. You know, not saying that the draft at 17 or 18, guys don't have that same maturity level. Just I, I, in other pro sports, they kind of have those four years of college and they go through it and you can kind of grow and turn into a man instead of boy to man overnight. Yeah. I couldn't imagine being 18 years old and being thrust into some of those positions. It's uh, it's crazy. One thing that just came to mind as we were talking there, um, and it's sort of a random random question, but I, I know that the professional women's hockey, I think they've consolidated into one league this yeah. year. Yeah. What do you think they can do, and how can the NHL help, and how can they make like a, a real go of that in today's market? 
Yeah, and, and I'm all for this. I, I've been really a, a champion of just trying to get um, that movement going. And, uh, you know, we've even added this year uh, one of our female agents as well that's going to kind of head up that dis- division. What can the NHL do? They need to support it. You know, it needs to be an arm that they focus on as well. And we spread those dollars in there. We start sponsoring, get them TV airtime. It's great hockey. These women are awesome. Like, yeah. and I think if you're watching women's hockey today, the skill level, um, even the All-Star game when they had you know, a few of the, the young ladies out there skating with the men, they're just flying out there. So it's great hockey. We've got to spotlight it. The NHL has to put uh, you know, a spotlight on it, just similar to the WNBA has done, and I think they've done a good job. I think they've learned a lot. And if we could cut that same process and structure for these women, I think we're, we can make a run at this thing. Um, and, it, you know, dollars and cents and airtime is such a big thing for any sport to survive. Any sport. I mean, you just go one notch down from the NHL, and it's the same issues, really. Yeah, right? yeah, like, exactly. So, yeah, they just have to, yeah, because, you know, I think it could be great. I think there's a real opportunity here. Um, so we've got, we got to stand behind it, and, and I know that men have... The NHL support it, and and we just have to get more uh, buy-in and people out to the games and watch them. Yeah. Maybe just a slight pivot off of hockey. Uh, the men's national basketball team is together right now, and they have a you know unbelievable level of talent, talent like we've never seen before come out of this country. Yeah. Soccer, very similarly, you're starting to see our national programs in both those spaces just elevate, elevate, elevate. How's the agency sort of adapting and, and maybe looking at these new frontiers as opportunities to support athletes? Yeah, it's funny you say that. I was just reading an article about pickleball being the fastest growing sport in the world. And now, like, I forget who Drake or somebody or some rapper just bought a pickleball, pickleball team. Uh, it's interesting, you know, and I, I even throw esports into that arena that we've looked at it now. And these guys are making legitimate money. And, and we don't, maybe the average human doesn't see it as a sport, but. These guys game 12 hours a day non-stop and go hard and you know it's it it is a toll it is it is a sport um so yeah these ever-growing markets you always kind of keep an eye on it as an agency side of course because you know it's something that maybe we could look into um i don't know if we're jumping in the esports arena yet but um yeah it's interesting The, the the thing is is we win when they win so if there are if there are dollars and sponsorship and eyes watching it um, they're going to need contracts they're going to need support and they're going to need guidance so i guess anything that emerges we have to really look at amazing yeah it's uh who knows the pickleball team is uh (laughs) not a sentence i thought i was going to hear today but that's that's awesome how does how does technology start to factor into some of this too i mean we hear ai this ai that how, how are you guys embracing that? What's that looking like for for uh, for you guys? Yeah, well, I think AI will never take over sport, so that's good. I think we're insulated there. Uh, I don't think the day that we're sitting there watching robots run around, I think we're in for some troubling times. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's interesting. Obviously, it's, I mean, with any technology, and I know there's such a buzz around that now, I think we just have to take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, and protect ourselves. The thing I don't want to see is is them taking good jobs away from great people. Yeah. And I think about sports writers. I think about the columnists. I think the people that we surround ourselves in the industry of sport that make sport come alive on paper, come alive on screens. As long as we're not taking away from the people in sport, 
I think there's always a room for it. I think there's always a growth model for AI, but I just that's the last thing I'd ever want is we're taking away jobs and losing jobs because of it. Right. right. Hmm. Um, how did you end up? How did you meet Earl? How did I meet Earl? That's a good question. Uh, I think he was coming through Kelowna uh, way back. Who even knows when? Like wide mouth back or like early steadies? No, yeah, steadies for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I remember wide mouth for sure, but uh, it was definitely one of the steady shows. And actually one of my close friends introduced me to him and... We've always just hit it off, and I've always been a couch to sleep on when they come through. So it works, and it's a win-win for both sides. But um, fantastic guy, fantastic band, and can't love him and support him enough. What, what do you see as the trajectory for the studies if you kind of put your scouting hat on a little bit? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm not totally in the music industry, so I'll go high here, though. I'll swing high. Swing high. Okay. I think the you know the halftime show, I'm so excited for that. Uh, I think that's a stage and, and a... Uh, uh, an audience that needs to see him and, and put him on that mainstream kind of track for him. I think their trajectory right now is fantastic. Uh, musically, they're you know amazing. Even the show last night that we're playing at, everywhere we go, people are just blowing away. Um, even just the three pace now and how it sounds so full and live. So I think that halftime show is really it's it's a big platform for them. I think they know that. Uh, and hopefully, you know, after that, they get some eyes, and uh, the rest is history. Go from there. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll get you out on this. What's uh, what's your favorite song to sing along to? Favorite song to sing along to? That's a good question. I'm not a huge singer. Oh, sing along to. It must be a really good one then if it gets you. Yeah, I don't even know. It has to be. You know, I've had a lot of Coldplay in the head lately. Okay. Uh, we saw the Chili Peppers in March. A lot of chilies on the brain right now. So um, A lot of steadies on the brain, man. A lot of steadies yeah. always on the brain. Their new singles are awesome. Yeah. People got to check them out. And, uh, yeah, you know, honestly, I got so much steadies on the brain right now because it's been five days of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got some new singles coming down the pipe right away here, and I know you've had a chance to hear them. They're great, yeah. yeah. Love it. Awesome. All the new stuff's great. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time. Enjoy the show, sir. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. You bet.